we just need to relish in that. Like we need to just let God minister that to our hearts. And, you know, we can, I I love verse two where it says, I see a generation rising up to take the place. That generation is sitting here today. Each one of us have been designated for this time we're in for a reason. We were created, we were formed in our mother's womb for being in this time period that is going to be the return of Christ. That is so significant. We are, we have been sent as warriors we have been sent as people of God to proclaim the news just like the angels sang Hosanna Hosanna and it says the people sing the people sing we have to sing this 24 7 like not just today in church while we're together but Monday Tuesday Wednesday when when a crisis hits when things look bad when things look good we we are the proclaimers of the truth there is no other way to heaven no other way except for jesus there is no other way we are the proclaimers of that truth and how perfect a time it is where we celebrate the birth of jesus who came for a purpose to save us, to save us from our sin. And all sin is, sin, you know, a lot of people talk about sin, it's, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. Sin is anything that keeps us away from God, that pulls us in a different direction. It could be the slightest little thing that just keeps us from believing, keeps us from loving God, keeps us from receiving his love and forgiveness. It keeps us busy. Busyness can be sin. How many of us are guilty of that? Busyness can be sin because it pulls us away from God's love at times. It pulls us away. Anything that... It's like, this is what sin is. There's an arrow, right? And it's going to the target, and there's the bullseye. Who has shot an arrow here? Who has hit the bullseye? Anybody? Stella! Grace? Who else? Did Corey? Ephraim? You hit the bullseye on that! All of us. We're just, we're just yeah. modern-day Robin Hood. <laughs> we are warriors here in this room. <laughs> Amen. But this is what sin is. So the, air, the arrow goes to the target, to the bullseye. Well, if you veer off a little to the right or to the left, it doesn't hit it, does it? <laughs> that's, all, that's what sin is. It could be so simple that we just veer off a little bit. Does that mean God is looking for perfection in us? Do you think it means that? Is he looking for us to be perfect? And to hit the bullseye? One of the things that can give you a lot of freedom is you'll never, ever hit the bullseye without Jesus. And it's not because of anything you or I do. It's what he did. And that's the great gift of Christmas. The great gift of Christmas is all we have to do is trust in his gift of salvation. That he came to save us. He came to save us. And all we have to do, we don't have to be good. We have to follow Jesus. That's it. As we follow him. He'll give us love in our hearts. He'll change our desires. He'll help us to be more like him. And that's all we have to do. And so, guys, we who believe have that gift. And he said, he said to us before he went to heaven, take this gift 
and give it to everyone you know. Send it to the nations, he said. Because he came, it says in John, not to condemn the world, but that the world through that gift would be saved. And I'll tell you what, I feel the Holy Spirit all over me right now. If you ever feel that like tingling, that presence of God, like when you're speaking, that's the Lord, that's the Holy Spirit. When you're speaking the words of God and you're sharing your faith and you feel that, that's the Holy Spirit right with you. So let's sing this one more time. We'll probably eliminate a couple songs because <laughs> we won't have time. But I want us to think about the King of Glory, Jesus. And I want us to sing this Christmas, Hosanna. We praise you. We worship you. And let's be that generation of love to, pa to pass that baton, the final baton. This is the end of the race. This is the end. We're coming to the, what is it called, Ephraim? The final, yeah, the final, final stretch. <laughs> We're coming to the final stretch. It's us. We're that generation. And you can, listen, the last thing I'm going to say is don't doubt yourself and who God created you to be. Look for what he created you to be. Don't try to be something else. Don't try to be, you know, the best baker in town. Oh, that's for Julia. <laughs> just kidding. Well, we have Don't, the best baker in town. We have the best. But just be who God created you to be, a person filled with his love and his hope for a lost and broken and dying world to be saved. Amen? So let's sing it together one more time. Thank you, Jesus. We just come, Lord, we just come before you this morning with lifted hearts and voices and hands. We stand before you. We bow before you. We kneel before you. We pray that you would come into our presence. We thank you for your presence here this morning, God that you are here in the midst. Break open our eyes, God. Take off the veil that we can see you, that we can feel you, that we can know and believe that you are here, right here. Your Holy Spirit is here with us, hovering over us, looking for us just to lift up our hands to you and say we we worship you we praise you we glorify you fill us fill these open hands fill these open hearts cover us lord with your love this morning most of all yes we thank you for your forgiveness for your grace your mercy the gift hallelujah lord and help us lord to never be tired of worshiping you. Yes, Lord. To never be tired of saying your name. To never be tired of singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, move on us, God. Move on our hearts, on our minds. I pray this morning. I pray and I ask you, Lord, to move in a powerful way. Touch the hearts of every person here. In Jesus' name, touch the heart. And we praise you and we thank you together. We thank you for receiving our praise and our worship yes, in our humble human way. <laughs> and we love you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. What a beautiful day outside, huh? Just lovely. Praise you, Jesus. All right. Well, every day is a good day to be in church. Amen? Yeah, it's a good day to be in church. Oh, it's like, no, no, no. 
Yes, it's a good day to be in church. Every day is a good day to be in church. Worshiping God, amen. Grace, come on down. We are the church. We are God's people. We are the ones who rule in eternity with Jesus. <laughs> I'm trying to think of we are the world and changing the... Yeah. We are God's children. That's what their church should be doing, amen? We are the ones, the light, the city on a hill. Amen? Amen. So in that, let's take up an offering. So Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you for what you're doing in our finances, in our homes, in our families. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your covering. We thank you, Lord God, for your blessings upon our our work and the works of our hands. And we are just believing and trusting in you, Lord God, and we're living on your economy and not the world's. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's on. It's on. I just need to hold it up here. Probably it's not the mic, it's the operator. Amen? All right. Praise the Lord. God is good. So, Lord, we lift up this service to you and we pray that your will would be done. We pray that you would open our eyes, ears, and hearts and minds to receive all that you have for us, Lord God, and I pray that you would speak to each one of us here today, Lord God, as we are just, just loving on you and you're loving on us, Lord God, we pray that, Lord God, that, Lord, that you would speak to us today and use us for your kingdom, in Jesus' name, amen? All right, the title of my sermon today is called Standing on God's Foundation. Standing on God's Foundation. And I'm going to open up with Isaiah chapter 28, verses 16. <clears throat> therefore, thus shall the Lord, therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. Amen? Amen. I know my wife, I know that we are one because she, every time, without fail, she, it's amazing how God speaks to her about what she was talking about today in worship, about Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man goes to heaven except through Jesus, amen? I'm telling you, she's listening. God's speaking to her as he speaks to me, speaks to us as one. In Isaiah 33, 6, now these are all prophecies of Jesus. These are prophecies of Jesus that the prophet Isaiah spoke about hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. It says here in Isaiah 33, 6, it says, In that day he will be your sure foundation, providing a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. Today is that day. Amen? Look at the girls are passing out goodies. Make sure you pass out those cupcakes too. You know, I can't eat all them cupcakes, so let's pass all them goodies out. Amen? <clears throat> Let me read that again. Isaiah 33, 6. Isaiah is prophesying about that day. Well, that day is this day. Isaiah was seeing the future events. That's why he's called a prophet. He's seeing future events taking place. And he's writing them down. 
And he's telling us, in that day, he will be your sure foundation. Providing a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. If we ever need salvation, wisdom, and knowledge more than ever, it's today's days. It's in the days that we are living in right now. Jesus is that foundation. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 28, this is Jesus talking. And the reason why I'm preaching on this on this foundation is because of the days that we are living in. We are living in the end days. Like it or not, we are living in the end days. And we are blessed to be living in those days that God chose us to live in these days because we're the ones that are going to see Christ coming on the clouds. And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 28, getting there. It says, there are two foundations. And there are two foundations that you can build your house on. And he's talking about your spiritual house. And he's not just talking about your spiritual house, I believe. He's talking about your physical house, your house that you live in, your family, your children, your great-grandchildren, your grandchildren. I skipped one generation there. Your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. God is talking about that. You can either build. There are two foundations. There are two builders. There's the builders of this world and this age, which is not of God, and then there's builders of God. Amen? It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded the house, yet it did not collapse. Because its foundation was on the rock. And that rock is a representation of Jesus. Amen? That rock is that cornerstone that Isaiah was talking about, about building your foundation on. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. My question is to you, is which foundation are you building on? <laughs> Got some eyes there. Which foundation are you building on? You know how strong your foundation is when it's tested. You know how strong it is when something drastic happens, and something drastic usually happens to everyone. I don't know of one person here that something drastic has not happened to. Is there anybody here that nothing drastic has happened in their life? I don't see any hands. <laughs> and if your foundation isn't secure... And it's compromised. I'm going to tell you a story. We built our house in 1995. Foundation is strong. But in the last 
four or five years, I've had a little crack in that foundation on the side. And I'm going to tell you what. Water will let you know when you have a crack. Water is a great tester. Water will find its way in no matter what. And when it rains hard like it's been raining, there's a little crack it out foundation at the very bottom of the foundation there on our floor in our basement. There's sometimes a little bitty puddle. Small. I mean, it's small little bitty puddle. You can clean it up with a dish towel. But water will find a crack. And let me tell you what. The devil is a lot like water. He will find the littlest crack in your foundation. He searches your foundation for the crack. He is looking for the weaknesses in your foundation. He wants to expose those weaknesses and blow them apart so that he can let the flood, the torrent, come in and destroy it. And that is what this world is doing to our kids, they are trying to destroy the foundation of Jesus Christ and the teachings of this book called the Bible, and they're trying to distort it and twist it and manipulate it. They're, they've been trying for years, millennia of years, to disprove the Bible. But let me tell you what, the Bible is still going strong. It's still the number one seller throughout the whole world of all the books. There is not a book that can compare to the sales of the Bible. It's the number one book and will always be. Amen? Amen? But the devil wants to exploit those cracks. The world wants to destroy the Bible, to destroy that foundation, to destroy Jesus Christ. But they can't because it's built on truth. And when you build your house on truth, what is Jesus? He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Amen? Amen. Jesus is the truth. The Bible is the truth. And when you build that foundation on the Bible, when you build your relationships on the Bible, when you build your family and you train them up on the Bible, you are giving them a good foundation to which to stand on, something that cannot be tossed to and fro, something that cannot be destroyed by winds and rain, something that they will always have, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren will always have something to hold on to that is a sure-footed foundation. Amen? Something that when... Stress comes, when calamity comes, that they can go back to say, nope, I'm trusting in Jesus. He's my cornerstone. He's my rock on which I stand. All other ground is sinking stand. I don't care if the wind blows to my left. I don't care if the rain is torrential downpours and flooding to my right. Jesus, I'm looking at him. No matter what comes my way, I see the light of day, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read you the whole thing, because I'm going to tell you what. Second Paul is telling Timothy, he's like, Timothy, guess what? There's going to be hard times coming. I mean, just give you a warning. There's hard times coming, church. We're living in a day of age where there's hard times going to be coming. We got to be strong and we got to be sure-footed on our foundation so that we don't get tossed to and fro. There's going to be a time coming that the Bible prophesies about where God's people cannot buy or purchase anything because they don't have the mark because we didn't take the mark. That's happening. Right now, throughout the world, they're putting chips in people. People can purchase things by their hand. And there's all kinds, I mean, you can do it right now. You don't even need it in your hand. It's right here. Is this what John the Revelator was talking about, being able to purchase things with your phone? You can pay with your phone. 
I know it's convenient, but, you know, it's hard to know exactly what John was saying, but those things are happening. Credit cards another way. But no, they're going farther. They're chipping people. And they're saying it's a safety thing. It's a precautious thing. It's a protective thing. And they might have all good intentions, but I'm going to tell you what. Church, the Bible says it's going to be hard for those that take the mark, that don't take the mark. We won't be able to purchase, won't be able to buy or sell. I mean, that's not me, it's the Bible. And Paul saying, listen, Timothy, hard times are ahead, difficult times are ahead. But know this, hard times will come in the last days. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanders, without self-control, brutal, without love, for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of godliness but denying its power. Avoid these people, for among them are those who worm their way into households and deceive gullible women, overwhelmed by sin and led astray by a variety of passions, always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Boy, did that. This was Paul that wrote this almost 2,000 years ago. You know, it's pretty amazing. Always learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. You know, there are scholars out there that just don't want to, to try to disprove the Bible. They're always learning. They're always trying to learn how to disprove the Bible. But they never come to the truth. The knowledge of the truth, which is right there in black and white, in red and white. <laughs> Jesus' words, in red and white in black and white, in the Bible. They don't want to believe it. Even though almost all of the prophecies that the Bible has spoken has, has come to pass, and all those yet to come are going to come to pass, because it's God's spoken holy word. I don't know how you can deny that. You know, it's like what I've been preaching about, the veil, is because the veil is over the faces of those that are trying to disprove the Bible, that are trying to discredit the works of the Bible, that are trying to discredit... They're the same people that try to discredit that the Holocaust even happened. All right? The same people that are out there probably trying to destroy Israel because of what they're doing to Palestine. Well, Israel would have never done anything to Palestine if Palestine didn't go in there and invade Israel and attack Israel. And the Hezbollah is now attacking on the northern borders. This is why, church, I'm preaching on a sure foundation. Because the world is in turmoil. The Bible says, you watch what's going on around Israel. You know, we are in the Psalms 83 war. I read that Psalms this morning. You need to read it. In your Bible, Psalms, penned by David, Psalms 83, read it. You know what is amazing and what is crazy is that even though, even though that those who believe in Jesus' name and trust in the word of God come out victorious in the end, yet still, Still, they want to deny this book. They want to deny the words of Jesus. It's because they don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear what their itching ears want to hear. The Bible tells us all about that too. You know? And it says in the end days that scoffers will come. Well, you guess what? Scoffers are coming. There's prophecy right there fulfilled. You know, like I said a few weeks ago, 
Yeah, when somebody says to you, yeah, yeah, I don't believe in the Bible and all this, and it wasn't written by God, you can just tell them you just you just proof. You're just proof of what the Bible is saying because in the end days it says scoffers will come. You just fulfilled that prophecy. It's true. We need to be praying diligently for our family and our children and our grandchildren. Daily. I mean, daily. That should be, a, for us Christians, that should be just an everyday thing. We should be doing it every day. For among them are those who are there. Right, I read that. Just as James, James and John Burry's resisted Moses, so these also resisted the truth. They are men who are corrupt in mind and worthless in regard to their faith. But they will not make further progress, for their foolishness will be clear to all, as was with foolishness of James and John Burry's. But you have followed my teaching, conducted. You have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconum, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, all who wanted to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Even people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. Did you hear that? Imposters, evil people, will become worse. That's the way the world is going right now. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Deceiving and deceiving people. And they're not themselves being deceived. They are believing a lie. And they're trying to get you, as Christians, to believe their lie with them. Or accept them and their lie. But as for you, continuing what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, and you know that from infancy... You have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God. All. This whole book. All scripture has been inspired by God. And it's profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be Completely equipped for every good work. All scripture, all scripture has been inspired by God. Amen? Amen. Not just Paul telling Timothy, Peter in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 through 4. It says, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. You're in Luke. I want to go to second or Peter, second Peter three, three through four. Second Peter three, verses three and four. First of all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come. I just said that actually, scoffing and scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, "Where is this coming? He promised ever since our fathers died. Everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation." Let me tell you, the Bible also tells us too that in the end days it'll be like the days of Noah. People were going about buying and selling, marrying, partying, having fun. And then all of a sudden, bam, God opened up the floodgates of heaven and the floodgates of this earth, and they saw rain for the very first time. And they didn't know what to think, and they thought this crazy man Noah for 120 years was building an ark for what? 
They didn't even know what rain was. But no, Noah, you know, Noah was preaching the gospel of, of salvation back then, but nobody believed him either. They thought he was crazy. Just like in the days of Noah, so it will be in the end days. People will go on, life will go on, nothing will change. Oh, Jesus is coming. Oh, we've heard that for the last hundred years, you know, a thousand years. They've been saying Jesus has been coming soon, soon, soon. Well, he's coming. All these things, the Bible says, Jesus said, when you see all these things happening at once, be ready for your redemption draweth nigh. You know, it's right there, right around the corner. All these things happening at once. Wars, rumors of wars, all this evil, all these calamities on the earth, all these earthquakes. Philippines just had another major earthquake yesterday, 7.6, then a 6.5 or something like that. I mean, volcanic eruptions going on all over the place. You got Iceland going off, getting ready to go, you know. Things are happening. This world is changing. We got solar flares, inbound solar flares coming, you know, like they've never seen before. X classes, which is like the worst you can get. Gamma rays. They said that gamma ray came from a star. My grandson probably knows it from millions of years ago, better than I do. I mean, all of these things are happening. You got wars all around the world. But the most important thing that you need to be watching is this Israel. The country of Israel, everything revolves around Israel. That is the apple of God's eye. Do you know Israel? When you're looking down from a geographical map, Israel's, God's name is written across the mountains of Israel. Written. Only place in the world where God wrote his name. He wrote it on the mountains. Yahweh. I mean, there's a Yahweh, Yahweh, how they pronounce it written on the mountaintops of Israel. Everything revolves around what's going around in Israel. That's why our foundations need to be sure, because Israel right now is in turmoil, and the world is coming against Israel, not just the world, the UN, the United Nations. They're saying that what Israel is doing right now is not proportionate to what the attacks happened to them. And they're trying to condemn Israel for their reactions in Palestine. Israel has been being bombed by Palestine and Hamas for years. Ever since, ever since I've known it, they've been funded by Iran, being bombed every day. Do you know there's been 9,500 missile strikes against Israel since this war? 50 days, during it, 50 some days now? 9,500 missiles launched in Israel. But the news station doesn't tell you that. They just show you that Israel's bombing. They're destroying Palestine. And you see these Palestinian marches condemning Israel and the Jews and an anti-Semitism rising up more and more, not just, in, not just over there in Iran, because they've hated the Jews, but in America. And do you know there's new warnings out there for America that are saying that, you know, they want to bring the war to America now. They want terrorist attacks. They want to start kidnapping children from America. So you parents, you be careful. Because these are the things that shake your foundation. These are the things that will test your faith in Christ. And we need to be sure-footed on where we stand. I mean, we had a test, a dramatic test, just this last week with a school bus. That tests your foundation. Right? <clears throat> I'm going to just, I'm going to go to Matthew 24 and 29. I'm going to skip a lot of those other verses. Job, we'll go to Matthew chapter 24, 29 through 30.
And if you guys have pen and paper and you want to look at other verses about hard times coming because the Bible's full of it and is warning us, you know, God, this is what God's love is all about. God loves us so much that he warns us ahead of time that all these things are going to take place. You know, God, why would God do this? Why would God do that? God has been warning us. He's been telling us. He's been screaming aloud. The earth is in birth pains. He doesn't, he's, he's for you. He's not against you. We sing a song like that. He's for you. He's for you. These are things that aren't against you. These are things to get you to wake up. These are things to help you out. Let me tell you some advice that the world says, you know, and it's biblical. You go and you try to help somebody, but they don't want to help themselves. What does the world say? Well, they got to hit rock bottom, don't they? They haven't hit rock bottom yet before their lives change. The Bible does the same thing. Scripture, it's actually scriptural. You go to them with an elder. If they don't turn from their sin or their desires of sin, you know, you go and talk to them first. Then you go with an elder. And if they don't change, you've done everything in your power to try to help them, to help them out of sin and to get them on the right footing. Then you turn them over to their sin. And hopefully their lives will get so bad that they will have to turn to God because there's no other way out that can help them. That's what God is doing right now. But we have a choice. We can get out of that sin and turn to God. It's that easy. It's that easy. Just, you know, you renounce it, get out of it, turn to God. Repent, turn to God. Run after Him. Right? Matthew, chapter 24, 29 through 30. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Is that not distressful? Those are Jesus' words written in red. That's going to happen. And when that starts to happen, there will be more distress and turmoil on this earth than you've ever seen in your whole life. You think things might be bad now, you wait till the heavens and the earth are shaken. You wait when the, in the sky the sun will be darkened. You wait. And the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky. Heavenly bodies will be shaken. Do you know they actually say that's happening right now? They actually... They've been saying for years, haven't they, that the earth has been reeling and rocking, and it's been wobbling. They're saying that it's going to get off course. They're saying about talking about pole flips and things like that. They're saying that there's an external thing in the universe that's affecting our galaxy or our, or our little system. That's affecting the sun. That's why the sun's giving out all these gamma rays. Scientists are saying, oh, watch the sun. There's things going on with the sun. Watch the sun. Well, Mama always told me not to look into the eyes of the sun. <laughs> There's a song out there. But Mama, that's where the fun is, right? No. I'm going to tell you what. They say they're looking at the sun because it's under stress. There's distress in the universe right now. They say Saturn's going to change. You know, they said in the old days that you could see Saturn in the sky with the naked eye. They say those days are gonna, you're going to see Saturn again with the naked eye. I don't know if you're going to see all the rings or what. But that's not how it should be. It shouldn't be that way, right? All, my whole life I've just seen Saturn as a little star. And the closest I've got to seeing it is through my grandson's telescope. Where he showed me the rings. But those days are coming. And then it said at that time, when you see those things happening, then look up because the Son of Man is coming on clouds. Jesus is coming on a cloud. And we're all going to see him. My wife already saw him in a dream. 
They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and with great glory. Amen? That is distress. That is why we need to be built on a sure foundation. I want to tell you another little story before I close. A few years ago, about three years ago, my wife and I, we went to a trip down to South Carolina at Morning Star Ministries. <clears throat> we went down for a, it was a conference. I can't remember what the conference is called. Do you remember, hon? Well, we went down to Morningstar Ministries, which is Rick Joyner's ministry, for a conference. And I don't remember much of the conference, but this one thing, actually, I don't remember any of the whole conference, but this one event. We went to a class in the early afternoon where they took all of the kids and they put them in this big auditorium. And they grouped the kids by four kids, and they, were, and they would sit in chairs like this, and you had one chair in front of them. Or two. So we went in, Julie and I went in, and these kids were sitting there, and we sat there and we were told not to speak to the kids, don't touch them or anything like that. You just sit there and you pray, and then they're going to prophesy over top of you. They're going to prophesy over you. And we we're like, okay. First, we didn't know that's exactly what was going to happen. Because when we walked into class and we were like, what is this? There's a bunch of kids here. You know what I mean? We didn't know what, I didn't know what to think. I don't think either one of us knew what to think. And we were like, are we in the right place? Are we doing the right thing? You know? But we did. So we sat down in front of this group of kids. And this one little boy, after we prayed and we sought God for direction, this one little boy says, I see a dragon with what, many heads? Multiple heads. I see a dragon with many heads attacking a house. That had a thin foundation built on sand. But then an angel came down with a big sword and cut the heads off the dragon. Is that correct? I'm telling you, we've been to two conferences at Morningstar Ministry, and that is the only thing that I can remember. We talked about this event. We, we've, we've prayed about it. We've disagreed about it. We've argued about it, but that is the only thing that we've talked about. And it's so true, because you look back at it now and you think, that's our foundation. Our foundation, he said, was a thin, there was a foundation there, but it was on thin stone. It had a thin stone, and then there was sand underneath of it. And in my pride, I'm like, no, it's not my foundation. My foundation's on a solid rock. I'm built on solid rock on which I stand. All the ground is sink and stand. You know, I was, I was like, ah, oh, he didn't hear from the Lord, you know, in my pride and arrogance. And it came from a little man about the age of Owen, huh? About Owen's age who said that to us. And I'm going to tell you what. That has impacted us, and it's so true. It makes me think of like you know, how much I've got to work on my foundation. You know, you know, I sit up here. I'm, I have a foundation too that I got to build, not just you guys. I've got to build my. I got to shore up my own foundation in my life. Not just you. I'm saying this. This is something that we all got to work on. This is something I've got to work on to make sure my foundation is strong. I mean, make sure my family's foundation is strong. I see family members that are hurting, that need God, that are running away from God, that are hurt. But they need Jesus. And, my, and I'm responsible for them. As the covering, as a father over them, over those children and grandchildren. And it bothers me. That's a foundation that I need to work on. That's a foundation that I know I need to work on. How can I be a better man? How can I be a better husband, a better father, a better grandfather? How can I improve? What do I need to do? Lord, show me. I want to see my cracks. I want to know where the 
enemies coming in. I want to know where the water's leaking in so that I can shore it up so I can fix it. You know, with the help of Jesus. Because I need Jesus to help fix it. I need Jesus to help expose it. I need Jesus to route the enemy out of their lives. I need Jesus' blood to cover them and protect them. I need Jesus to bring them to salvation. Amen? I need Jesus to be the one to unveil the veil. To tear, the, tore, tear that veil in two. Amen? That's what we need is we need Jesus. We need that cornerstone in our lives to hold on to because all other ground is sinking sand. Amen? And I'm telling you, if you don't have Jesus, then you need Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You need the Word of God. We need to build our foundation. You know, not just have a thin layer, but build our foundation. We need a prayer life. We need, a, we need the Word. We need prayer. We need worship. Amen? That's all building. So, Father, we know you're the foundation. Jesus is the foundation that we need to build on. Help us to build on him. Help us to let him build in us, Lord. I pray that you remove anything that's of me or, or that's in the way of Jesus' work in my own life. Lord Jesus, I pray. And I, I pray this for, the, for your people. I pray that, Lord God, that we would remove ourselves from the work that you need to do in us so that you are free to do the work that needs to be done, that you can search our foundations, that you can uh, repair those cracks and rebuild and shore up those stones and those foundations so that no water gets in. And I pray this, Lord God, and I pray your blessings today over your people, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 And don't forget, there's goodies back there. Eat them up. I can't take them home. Amen? All right, love you guys. Thank you for coming. Have a great day. Bye.